0: Welcome back.
1: Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. Milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you are looking for the best bar in Denver, and I'm not just saying this loosely, check out Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Of course, they have all the sports packages, right? A lot of places do. Every seat's a great seat in the house at Greenfields. You could probably say that about other bars, but let me tell you what makes them different. Most bars have, what, maybe a pool table or two? They have a pool hall with 15 pool tables and tournaments. They have live music as well on the weekends, no cover. And you want to talk about a banging happy hour. Every single day, two for one on wine, well, and drafts from three until seven find me another bar that does all this and I would like to hear about it but I think it's going to be radio silence because no one does it like Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood time now for The Buzz
0: The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience or find them online at rmeurosport.com is it blasphemous
1: for me to say, let's go out to Chiefs Kingdom? Or should I say it hashtag Chiefs Kingdom? Or should I just not say anything at all?
0: What's wrong with saying it and showing a little respect? I mean, they have to beat they the Broncos'
1: a- ass 11 straight times, and they've been to two consecutive Super Bowls. I so maybe they deserve some respect. It's
0: okay to call it Chiefs Kingdom. That's fine. I have no problem with that.
1: Do you have to throw the hashtag in front of it?
0: Not necessarily, no. Okay, just checking. With I think that- the hashtag is a little bit superfluous.
1: Don't talk over my head with those big words.
0: All right, let's go out to the
1: hotline. Let's go live to Kansas City. Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. You can also catch him as an analyst on the NBC affiliate in Kansas City. How are you, Pete? Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well. Well, listen, for Broncos fans out here, this is a big game. We just talked about it in the last segment. You can make the case for Broncos country that this is the biggest game they have played since winning the Super Bowl back in the 2015 season. They have been terrible, honestly, over the last five and a half years. As for the Chiefs, certainly a different story. 11 straight wins over the Broncos. Broncos fans are excited about this game. What's the temperature out there? Is it just a, another Broncos opponent? or is it, hey, we're more excited to play on Sunday Night Football?
2: Yeah, no, you know, I, I think fans in Kansas City right now are a little bit relieved with how the beginning of the year went, and they were able to put together four straight wins, including that Sunday win against the Sunday night win against the Raiders, where the offense finally looked like it had in, in previous seasons. I don't I, I know that there's a lot coming from the Denver side of this as it, it really does seem like the team is determined to break that streak and it's been years and years and years. They've been de- Listen, I, Pete I,
1: Pete, I, Pete, they've been determined the previous 11 times before this <laughs> and they just haven't won. And yeah. actually and they've gotten curb stomped in most of them.
2: You know the, the there is a difference I think with this one and it comes from 2018 on, I mean, where it seems like Patrick Mahomes had always just had control of the each game and, and the season as a whole. I know they did drop one to the Raiders last year en route to another Super Bowl trip, but the offense has been up and down this year, and I think more so than it's been ever in the Patrick Mahomes' tenure, and even in the four-game winning streak. It really was only that right spot against the Raiders, and, and the thing I think Broncos fans should be Confident about is the defense is playing well, and when the Broncos win games this year and to get above five hundred, it's been kind of the defense being the strength there. And look, Patrick Mahomes in the offense has seemed vulnerable, and the Broncos have taken care of business, so it should make for an interesting Sunday night. I think because the defense is the strength, yeah, I think it could go uh, in a number of, of different ways. I ultimately do think the Chiefs will win. I tend to think that the spread is a little too much for what is a division game and a team coming in very determined and actually playing very well.
1: i got to tell you something, Pete. You just made a lot of Broncos fans feel good. Did somebody from the Broncos organization pay you to say that? Because, (laughs) honest to God, the arrogance, and honestly, rightfully so, coming out of Chiefs' kingdom has been palpable coming here to Denver, but you just seem totally cool and reserved, and you're not puffing out your chest. Good for you, pal.
2: <laughs> no, I try to. I mean, I try to call it down, down the the middle. What has been interesting is, you know, watching Mahomes since the beginning of his career here. Each and every game, as time has gone on, it had gotten to a certain point where it was really hard to pick against Mahomes in, in any game. And I was prepared to do so. Finally, when he was playing poorly and the Chiefs were playing poorly, and then all of a sudden um, it was against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers was coming in. I'm like, you know what? I, I think the Chiefs are finally going to lose. And I like going into the game, I didn't have the confidence I, I usually did in Patrick Mahomes. Now, that feeling has waned a little bit. I think he's playing better. I think they're starting to figure something out. I, I can't go and pick Teddy Bridgewater at this stage over Patrick Mahomes. Now, you come back at me next year and you're offering Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, who I just talked about. Maybe it's a completely different story. And I, I think. And I know there's no silver lining in in football, but I think there's a manner in which the Broncos can play this weekend, still lose, and still feel like, okay, we can still get a wild card here. And, And I think... That's the best-case scenario. I think it's very possible.
0: Now, you allude to Mahomes and uh, the, the ups and downs that he's had. How much of that is on him, and how much is of that is going to be on some of the changes around him? Like uh, uh, yesterday in the conference call with Denver Media, Andy Reid alluded to kind of uh, the, the overhauled offensive line and uh, how long it takes for that unit to really congeal and find its form.
2: Yeah, I think there were some growing pains a little bit with the offensive line. And I think with Patrick Mahomes in particular, it took him some time to, A, trust the offensive line, it being new. And then I think, B, he's been really working through trying to stay within the structure of the play in general this year. I know that it's been a little bit of a backyard football these first couple of years, and he's been quick to bail on plays. And it's almost played into the hands of – opposing defenses because there have been these two high safeties that everyone kind of did at the beginning of the season where they're they're just playing back. They're playing really deep and making sure that Patrick Mahomes uh, can't necessarily throw down the field. And when he didn't see anyone open, they had the teams that had a good front four were making sure that they were containing him and, and waiting for him to bail. I've seen that trust get a little bit better both in the offensive line and just himself in general as far as pocket presence. As the year has gone on, what he happened this year is I think he was surprised by the fact that these defenses started to figure out how to beat him, and now what you saw is almost like an off-season lab that took place in front of America because there was no off-season. He had problems at the beginning of the year and had to work through them. And I think he's better for it. I think he's still working through them. I think there is a little bit of vulnerability, but I think that window is closing. And, you know, you've seen quarterbacks that are great, struggle at times in their career, and the great ones eventually figure it out. And I think we're getting close to that, but I do still think that there's a window where he is working on some things, and it starts with the pocket presence, and then and it continues with making sure to trust that offensive line. Who has played well? There is one vulnerable spot on that offensive line, and that's at the right tackle position. Andrew Wiley, who is a backup of a backup, essentially, right. projects to play right tackle again with Lucas Niang, out right now. Who knows, maybe Kyle Long could get in that next, but I still think it's going to be Wiley. So the right side could be a vulnerable spot
0: for the Broncos to attack.
1: We're talking with Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. You can also catch him on the tube on the NBC affiliate in Kansas City.
0: Okay, Melvin Ingram's played the last three games for the Chiefs. He hasn't recorded a sack, but he's played quite a bit. And kind of the other thing is for allowing Chris Jones to go inside. How much has that helped? spur this recent Chiefs defensive revival.
2: Yeah, uh, this is something where, uh, you know, you guys in in Broncos country, as you described, should be awfully mad at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's completely (laughs) changed the game. It it really has. It's completely changed the game defensively. Um, The the Chiefs were having one of the historically worst defenses of all time. Now, they were progressing a little bit. It was getting better when Melvin Ingram was acquired but what Melvin Ingram did and in his presence in the building allowed the chiefs to go back on what was for lack of better term an experiment that wasn't working with chris Jones playing more outside than inside now he did switch positions quite a bit last year but it was a little bit opposite it was like a two to one where um he would be more on the inside and then pump up go go outside you know occasionally now it's reversed he is still uh, going outside an occasion but it's given the defense confidence to put him inside where he's the second-best defensive tackle from by PFF behind Aaron Donald in the league. And the Chiefs couldn't do that when they didn't have Melvin Ingram in the building because they didn't feel that confident about their depth on the outside of that defensive line. And so now Chris Jones is starting to dominate again. And you guys know this well with the fronts that you've had in Denver. When the defensive line is dominating, even when they're not blitzing, that helps the second level, that helps the third level. What you might describe as quarterbacks with no names in Kansas City, and fairly so, They're way better, you know, if you want to call them average to slightly above average, they're way better when there's pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I I think you're seeing that. And I really, truly feel like Melvin Ingram, even for what has been, you know, if you want to describe it as limited snaps, it's just made the rotation so much better. And now, at least past few games, it's crazy that we're here, and it's crazy that a lot of the same guys. But the defense looks like one of the more formidable units in the league, and, and I think it all started with Ingram.
1: Uh Pete. I want to do a public service to my uh, radio partner here, Andrew Mason. He is a barbecue aficionado. He's very excited <laughs> to have. No, I'm serious. He's very excited to have four meals out there. When the game was flexed to Sunday night, he got that fourth meal. I think it was only supposed to be three. Now, uh, a lot of people talk about Arthur Bryant's. A lot of people talk about Gates. Uh, probably before you were born, I did. Did cover the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm guessing it was before you were born. So I know some of the places out there. I don't know them like I used to. <laughs> Outside of Bryant's and Gates, real quick. And I, Andrew, I know this is going to be hard for you. Just quickly, where are the places you're going to hit, and then Pete, I want you to tell him where he should really go.
0: Um, there'll be a meal at, okay. jo- at Joe's Kansas City. Okay. There'll be a meal at uh, Jack Stack. There will be a brunch. At, uh, at Q39 on Sunday where I can have the brisket, poutine, and then another meal to be determined.
1: You won't be able to miss Andrew in the press box. Currently, he's 160 pounds, but look for the guy with barbecue sauce on his white oh. shirt who is
0: 320 pounds. I'm not, I'm not dumb enough to wear a white shirt for this.
1: Yeah, I know. You bring a beach <laughs> towel with
2: you.
0: Where should he go,
2: Pete? All right, so I got something for you. So what's wild is I thought, when you started that, you were going to ask me for recommendations. Yes. I literally, and I'm telling you, quite literally, was going to recommend the three places that he said. Oh wow! And, oh. and then there's a the, that Joe's place that he described. They make this beautiful Z-Man sandwich, which is oh. got brisket and and it's got <laughs> cheese on it. It's it's so it's, it's one of the more underrated sandwiches in Kansas City. Amazing. My kicker, it's amazing. Was, yeah. what, it's final kicker, amazing.
0: Yeah,
2: it's amazing. What I was going to say for my final kicker here is so. I have this joke. I'm I'm actually from the East Coast, and I came to the Kansas City to cover football and cover the Chiefs. And so I have had buffalo wings in Buffalo. Where? I I, well, sure I wait, 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 on.
1: Pete. I used to I used to cover the Bills. Where did you uh, go? Okay. Where did you what's go? What's the
2: original place called? Anchor what, what's Bar. The original place called Anchor Bar. Yes, I went to Anchor Just Bar. Just awful, I
1: had awful, the worst. I, Please don't tell I me not you liked enjoy it.
2: Them, so I, I said, come come to Kansas City for the barbecue, stay for the chicken wings. There's a little place on Main Street called The Peanut. And I'm telling you, they have better buffalo wings at this place than they do in Buffalo. Oh. And I went to school in upstate New York, and I, you know, I got out to Kansas City, and I couldn't believe that I had found this. Uh, barbecue is great, but I always say, come for the barbecue, stay for the mm. buffalo wings at The Peanut.
1: Where'd you go in upstate New York? My,
2: my. Uh, collegiate school was Cortland State, and my master's program was at Syracuse.
1: Oh, well, listen. Well, Syracuse isn't really considered like western New York. That's not really close Cortland to State? Buffalo. Cortland That's...
2: State is pretty rugged. you got to admit, Cortland State's
1: rugged. Where, where is Cortland State? It is
2: just... I believe it's an hour away from Syracuse. It's, it's kind of got that lake effect thing going on, just like all
1: the cities up there. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, if you ever go back to Buffalo, and chances are you'll probably go back there for the AFC Championship game. With that, <laughs> go, go to Gabriel's Gate. It's right between Elmwood okay. and Delaware. Those chicken wings were injected with steroids, and they are just fantastic. <laughs> it's right down the street from Coulter Bay. That's where you want to go. You I will give, take
2: that recommendation. Gabriel's
1: yeah. Gate Anchor Bar is so incredibly overrated because that's where wings started. It's like there's no meat on the bone. It's like a it's it's like going to a crawfish boil. It's a lot of work for a little meat.
2: <laughs> okay, I I uh, I'll I'll take the recommendation and and okay. I'll, I'll remember that. I. I, I tend to think uh, if I'm going anywhere for the AFC title game, it'll be uh, to Foxborough, unfortunately. Yeah, I but. know. They're Hopefully. playing
1: well, aren't they? Yeah. I know. And by the way, I, I, as as you were talking, we've we got to cut you loose, Pete. I am listening to Pete talk, Andrew, okay? And you guys sound like you could be the best of friends. I'm listening to Pete talk about football. That's the way Andrew talks about football. I'm, I'm dead serious. That's the way you talk about football. You like to get down in the minutiae of it. And then when it came to food, oh my God, this was like a budding relationship this is, between yeah, the two. Hey,
0: that's where it gets fun, man. Wow. When you get into the details, that's the fun stuff.
1: You'll be at the game. Is that um, right, Pete? I'll say hello.
2: Yeah, I'll be sure. I'll be sure we'll uh, we'll get a we'll get a photo together and we'll get we'll
1: get it up for you. Guys. Okay, just just look for the guy with the barbecue stains on his white shirt. Thank Pete. <laughs> All right, guys, take
2: care. Thanks, Pete. See
1: you, pal, Pete Sweeney, uh, editor in chief of Arrowhead Pride. Coming up after the break, Melvin Gordon might not play on Sunday. Hey, is this an opportunity for us to see a full game of Javante Williams? I hope so. I don't know if Andrew does. That's next.